Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Showtime. Blog Talk Radio. It's the Late Show with Francie Weatherman. I want a hippopotamus for Christmas Only a hippopotamus will do Don't want a doll, no dinky tinker toy I want a hippopotamus to play with and enjoy I want a hippopotamus for Christmas Joined by Mr. William Brower. 
Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon, everybody, wherever you are in the world. It's 5 o'clock somewhere, oh, yeah. right? Exactly. <laughs> Happy hour. All right. Um, this, this is really cool. Uh, I, I, I love this woman. Oh, I have to. We're family. I found out there's somebody really cool in my family. Um, our guest tonight is going to be Cindy Hart. You're going to find out how cool she is as this show goes along because as I dug deep, I'm like, man, is there anything you have not done? So we'll, 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 she's got a great story. She's got a great book. It's called Determined, and we're going to talk all about her. Uh, we're going to bring her on in just a few minutes. Uh, another show note, December 5th, we got Corey Davis, who's going to be here. Uh, December the 12th, we are going to have Terry Horns on. And on the 19th, we're going to have Mr. Paul Eubanks on the show. And we're trying to figure out when we can get Joey on the phone. All right. So, uh, our sponsor, Black Veggie Books, has a couple of announcements. Nick. Uh, that must be me. Yeah. Yep. Um, we are in the middle of uh, Cyber Black Friday Monday weekend over at Black Bedsheet Books at uh, blackbedsheetbooks.com, where we've got, like, uh, oh. well, yeah, I, uh, you see, um, people, I, I run this uh uh, this medium to small um, press, it's uh, uh, basically I just uh, um, uh, put out, like, all kinds of horror books and science fiction and fantasy and everything. We've got, like, almost, like, 200 authors um, when you look at the anthologies and stuff as well. So we're in the middle of our biggest sale, and it ends tomorrow, and we also have new releases. We have a new line of books, Classic Horror Series. Uh, which uh, the first of which just came out yesterday, uh, Carmela. It's um, the oldest English language vampire novel. So uh, that it predates Dracula. It's really really cool. You got to check it out. The next one that we're doing is Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, and that has a uh, an introduction by Raina Young, as a matter of fact. So and then tomorrow, um, fingers crossed, we're going to have uh, Fred Weehy's uh, Fright House. So uh, it's going to be really cool, and look out for that. And more in the following couple of weeks also, including um, uh, Chuck W. Chapman's new novel, and uh, and so on and so forth. And, oh, also, if if everything works out, um, Raina Young's adult novel, Slasher Girl, is going to be coming out before Christmas. Also, a hardcover of The Price of Fear, our Vincent Price book that was actually co-written by Vincent Price, and uh, also um, uh, a Fred Weehy Holiday Madness is going to be hardcover. So look out for that, too. I think that's about it, though. That's a lot. That is a lot. You, you definitely said a lot. Yeah. Okay, before we, before we bring Cindy on, William Tom, any announcements? Uh, no, uh, not too much. Nothing, nothing here. It's like I've closed out the end of the year. I wanted to do something called Dark Christmas, but I got a family event the same day, so it's like, okay, there goes that one. You know? Yeah. I didn't and, hit Powerball, you know, so it's back to the grind for me. Yeah. Same here. You know? All right. It's, it's like I'm dragging my stuff across the finish line at the end of the year, you know? 
We we always do. Yep. Usually, at least we at least we hold our heads up, right, when we're doing it. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Right here. All right. Without further ado, are we ready? I'm ready. And I I see that my mom has called in and she's not feeling well, but she wanted to call in. But let's bring her on. Hold on. We got music. There we go. Hey, Cindy, how you doing? <laughs> hey. Hi. Hey, cuz. How are you? I'm doing good, cuz. See, we can actually say cuz because that's yeah. what we are. Because, 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 because. <laughs> because of the wonderful is, things she does. Um, Cindy, there is somebody right. I want to bring on because uh, she is she is calling in for you. Oh, that's She's awesome. calling in just I have, for you. Oh, my Aunt Sandy. Oh, uh, hold on. My, my, oh, there we go. Now I got that. Okay, there she is. Hi, Cindy. Well, is this my Aunt like, Sandy? Hi. Haven't seen you since you were like seven. I know. <laughs> it's all grown it's up. Been I hear a whole world away. Yeah. Well, it's good to you know. Hear about yes, your life. And... My seventh, my seventh birthday was my favorite birthday oh, of yeah. all times. My seventh birthday, Aww. I believe you and you and Patty and Zesta were there, and yeah. uh, it's the year I got my first bicycle. Oh yeah. Ah. <laughs> well now. <laughs> and it was I actually it was a moment marked in my mind because I stood there and looked at it and started crying and I went, Why am I crying? Because I'm happy. So it was the first time I ever cried because I was happy. Oh that's, that's good. And who would have thought how far that bicycle would have taken you? Your very first bike. I know. Around the world. Yeah. Yeah. You've accomplished a lot in your life. And you've been strong through your life. I hear you've had a lot of lot of problems and you've conquered them all. Well, well you know, I come by stubborn, honestly. Not from your mom. Your yeah. mom was wonderful. Yeah, but she, still, she was, still is. I bet she is. You just can't. That that's just natural. Yeah, like I said, I come by stubborn naturally from both sides, so okay. I'm very blessed. Okay, oh good. I'm glad you feel that way. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that she's not feeling too good today, and she's like, "Text me the phone number. I'm calling in. I gotta say hi to her." Okay. I'm yeah. sorry, you're not um, feeling well. Well, I've kind of had the punies for the past couple of weeks, but I'm right now getting ready to go pick up the little girls from work, so. Well, they're not little. Oh, it's so late. And you just moved into a new house, didn't you? Yes, we did. We just bought a new house, and we're very happy. Okay. Well, all right. Well, bless your heart. Thank you for reaching out to me. Well, it was nice to hear your voice. And you, I love all the pictures that you sent us, and. 
I just love you a lot. I think about you a lot. Oh, thank what you. I mean, parents. I'm going to let you yeah. go now. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. Love, love you, you, Aunt Sandy. Okay. Love you, Mom. Love you, Francie. Aww. <laughs> yeah, my mom's pretty cool. That that's cool. Uh, I do. My mom's like, don't you remember when you were a kid? I told you the, of your really cool cousin. <laughs> no, but uh, Laura Laura Skousen, uh Zesta's daughter. I, I I'm hoping she's going to call in. We'll we'll see how that might. But I know that she did tell want me to let you know that uh, she named her baby doll, her childhood baby doll, oh. after you. Yeah. So. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, and my my uh, younger brother, I can't call him my little brother, Scotty, my because he's yeah. taller than me now. But uh, he did he did send me a text message today and goes, "Dang it, I'm going to be asleep at that time, but please tell her I said hi." All right, no problem, no problem. All right, <laughs> all right. So all all the mushy stuff is out of the way now. Man, that was time for the nitty-gritty. <laughs> <laughs> no, this, this is really awesome. It's, it's like you, you, last night I was talking to you, and I did a lot of research on you, you know, for tonight. And my gosh, now you, you made you, – you were an Olympian hopeful. What year was that? So in 1984 – I was uh, training for the Los Angeles Olympic Games in cycling, and I was actually down here in Florida, and I was um, uh, racing uh, in what's called a stage race, which is a several-day race. And so wow. it's like, you know, several, you know, a, a bunch of races, and then at the end, it's the person with the fastest time. It's kind of like the Tour de France, only this one was much shorter. It was only like you yeah. know, four days of a stage race. And um, and I I won you know like second place in the stage race, and oh, wow. um, and I was like, well, I get, I've got to train some more. And so my father was with me, your uncle. Um, uh, my father was with me, and I I was I wanted to ride a hundred miles, and so oh, we wow. were, you know, we were in a, a call of Florida, and I decided I was going to ride a hundred miles from a call to Daytona on State Route 40. Well, um, a truck driver had other ideas. So my father was going to drive ahead of me and wait for me to show up. And I was riding my bike, and uh, I came to a T intersection where I had the right-of-way, and a beer truck came to the stop sign, and he saw me, and he saw a car behind me. He decided he was going not going to wait for me. He pulled out in front of me, but he didn't wow. pay attention to the speeding car, speeding car coming in the opposite direction. He swerved to miss hitting the beer truck and hit me instead. So I, oh had, my a God. Com- so yeah. I had a compound fracture right uh, of my leg. So my lower leg was broken. And to- the serious part is um, I flew 20 feet over the car and hit my head ah. on the pavement. And so uh, my father was a firefighter paramedic. And so when I didn't show up, he got nervous. So he flagged down a car and he said, hey, have you seen anybody on a bike? And he goes, you mean that kid that got hit by a car? 
so wow. he went he he went and pulled up and they held him back and they said, This is a death scene. We can't let you close to him. To, oh to my the gosh. And they wouldn't let him in the car oh. they wouldn't let him in the ambulance. He had to follow the coroner to the hospital. So wow. um, so I I woke up two weeks later from a coma and I remember just like blinking my eyes and I I didn't have my contacts in, so everything was blurry. And I went, wow. In in my head, I'm thinking, I must have really been tired last night because I don't remember going to sleep here. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that that was a, a... you know, a surreal experience, a very surreal experience. But um, I, I no longer fear death. Um, I felt no pain. I have no memory of what happened. But, uh, you know, I, it just made me, I couldn't wait to get back on the bike. And so I stayed in the hospital for over a month and then uh, came back. I was in a cast. I had several surgeries on my leg. Uh, the Olympics were totally out at that point but yeah. my boyfriend at that 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 time uh borrowed a tandem and i had a cast on my leg and i put my father's bike shoe on over my cast and i got on the back of the bike and i felt like i was home so wow. uh, i i i competed uh so the olympics were in july i got hit in march the olympics were in july and then in august i competed in the national games uh, the national championships, and I think I was like 27th, but I didn't care uh, because you know I was back on the bike. Mm-hmm. So that so that that's, that was that's that. Actually, that's actually really cool because a lot of people that were like in a really bad car accident, they're like afraid to drive after that. You you yeah. got back on the bike as soon as possible. You're like, nope, this is where I want to be. This is where I belong. I, yep. So you you put back all that fear. That is so awesome. Yeah, but um, um, they they said I was severely brain damaged. But you know that that just made it was, like I said. I come by stubborn naturally. And he's like, you tell me I can't do something, <laughs> I'm gonna do it. You know they they yeah, told but, me you know I had to go through some. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tom. Or is it? I was gonna say instead of like being a yeah, voice, like most people, it's a good. That was a good thing. It's not a vice with you, you know. Yeah. And you know, I mean, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll say this much. Um, you know, definitely, hands down. Um, you know, it it's all about determinations, and and that's for sure. Um, you 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 and I are in a similar boat in one sense. Um, uh, two thousand nine, uh, very ironically enough, on New Year's Eve, and I'm I generally don't drink anything stronger than coffee, but. Uh, you know, I was hit by a uh, drunk driver, and so uh, mm. you know, I was uh, you know kind of a similar thing laid up and everything else, and uh, you know, I, I kind of utilized the downtime, and I had one one good functioning hand that was still strong enough, so I actually sat there and I wrote uh, a whole second book at the time while I was uh, during the course of the recovery. So, so yeah, I, I absolutely. You know, <laughs> Yeah, it, 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 it's all about mental determination, so without a doubt. Well, Definitely. Um, I, I've come to learn that there's only one thing in this life 
that I have control over, and that's my attitude. I, I really don't have control over so many things in my life, but the one true thing that I do have control over is my attitude, and the, my attitude is mine, and I get to decide what my attitude is. And, you know, Amen. if I want to be happy, I'm going to be happy. I mean, I get to decide. Nobody else. <laughs> that, wow. That, that was actually really cool. I, I remember I was uh, doing an interpersonal communication class in college, and that's exactly what my professor said. You never let anybody else be in control of you. You never yep. tell your partner, you made me angry. Because you know you can't you can't let that happen. I, I guess that I hope I made sense of that. But I remember him. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's like the best example in the world. Yeah. And William was just talking about how he was determined. That's the name of no. your book. She wrote a book too. It is. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So, I mean, well. We didn't even fully talk about the book yet, and I already want to buy a copy. So, you know, just, <laughs> yeah. just from hearing about your experience of the bike and being over in Ocala, and uh, you know, yeah, I mean, Ocala is famous for being horse country and uh, everything else. So yep. it's it's very very rural up there. So that's you know, that's why that's why I rode up here for it. So we. Um, so after that, we had, like, national team training camps here, um, uh, actually between Akala and Sanford. Um, we had um, bike bike camps for, for years that I trained here. We would train here for, um, like, a, a couple of months. So we trained down here for spring training, and then so I did a stage race in Texas in 1986, and it was it really was, like, I mean, we had 108 women in the field, and, you know, we were training. I mean, we were racing for a month against each other all over Texas. So it was a tour oh, wow. of Texas. And, uh, so, yeah. That actually sounds so, like yeah. fun. I want to do it. <laughs> yeah. Now, 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 one thing I'm definitely curious about, um, you know, because uh, – you know, outside of you know watching the games every four years, like everybody else in the world, uh, what, what you know, how accurate are are a lot of the coaches versus what we see on on the films? You know, outside of obviously John Candy and cool runnings and things like that. Yeah. But, oh, you know, when it when it comes to preparing for uh, for things like this, are the coaches that uh, you know that overbearing at times, but that you know harsh when needed and such? Absolutely. Um, okay. So, I had I had an incredible coach, and I've had I mean I've I've had my coach who is Mike Walden, um, out of Detroit, Michigan, and I've heard that. Uh, he was like family to us. He became part of our family, and he was um, he was extremely old school. And you know he would yell at you, at, but you knew he loved you. You know it, it was it was great. But then you know there were other coaches, and other situations that were, um, it was all in who you knew, and and it, you know sometimes you know, the selections of the games were 
coaches selection. It wasn't necessarily the fastest people. It wasn't necessarily the most skilled people. It was, you know, who you know. And it was very mm-hmm. frustrating. Yeah. Um, oh. But, but, but things have changed. Things have changed. So, but, um, yeah. So my, my father got involved in cycling when I, essentially when I did. He was very supportive of, uh, of my racing career. And, um, you know, they, they, they supported me a lot and I was gone a lot, but he kind of, um, he started coming down to the bike camps with me and started helping with like the, the videography. He would like drive the motorcycles and, and, and ride next to us and get video film footage of us so that the coaches could analyze everybody's, you know, racing and stuff. And then, uh, he helped, he helped build probably four to six velodromes. So uh, if you've ever watched the Olympics when you see the track, the track cycling, that's it's a big oval that's banked really yes. steep. Uh, he's helped build I, between four and six of those around the world with my coach's son-in-law. Wow. So, but, uh, but anyway, so, yes, um, so not only in cycling, but I'm involved with speed skating. So my coach told me if I – you know, that I needed to be a year-round athlete, and he got me involved with speed skating. Well, um, I had actually figure skated growing up and just loved it just because. Um, but then when I got into speed skating, it was just, it, it was, it was like flying to me. Speed skating was like flying. So uh, yeah, it, I ended up at the Olympic Training Center. When you when you see I'm the sorry? speed skaters, it does look like you guys are gliding on ice, like flying on ice. It, it looks like oh, that. It's like oh. all in perfect sync. Oh, I love it's it's I love it. So I love doing it. I love coaching it. It to me to to skate is to me is, is next best thing to flying. And but through my coach, he started be getting me involved uh, as as I was racing. Uh, he also got he taught me how to coach, and um, evidently I'm kind of a natural coach, and I absolutely love coaching. And uh, so I've been a, an athlete in speed skating, an athlete in cycling at the Olympic Training Center, and I've I've been a coach at, as well. That's that's and, great. And, that's a rare talent. It is. It is. You know, I mean. Yeah. Like it's kind of it's kind of like wow I got this really cool cousin I'm so glad I, I I was teasing with you last night I said my gosh Cindy I'm surprised my mom never said why can't you be more like your cousin <laughs> well, but probably because she didn't want you to go out and get hit by a car <laughs> yeah, that was, that was, yeah yeah that 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 yeah yeah that might have yeah really <laughs> yeah. Don't want to do that. Don't want. Don't want to feel the pain because I have a very low threshold for pain. I, I don't. I uh, scream when somebody sticks a needle in me. I'm like, ah. Okay. I, 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 I know. I'm usually down. the one. I I I should know. I'm usually the one that gets the phone call before the doctor's appointment. <laughs> well, that's that's one of the one of the things that I've told my athletes is the dip at the Olympic Games. The difference between a gold medal and fourth place is the gold medalist is able to put up with the pain longer. That's the difference. 
Yep. Yeah, I you yeah. said you said in a speech, and in fact, I I had to write it down because I didn't want to forget it. In fact, I got my little sticky note. Okay. You put in your speech, pain, uh, pain temporary. is temporarily. Yes. Go ahead. You say because you you'll be better at it. Pain is temporary. Pride is forever. I love that. That is true. That is very true. I can relate to you, Cindy, because I coached my kids when they were in different sports. Cause I played baseball and football, you know, that kind of thing when I was mm-hmm. younger. And so I can also relate to your cancer experience. I had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma in 2007. Uh-huh. And I, I believe your outlook helps determine how you do and stuff like that. Absolutely. I stayed positive and told my kids, I'm going to beat it. Don't worry. You know, we caught it stage two. They removed the stage two lymph node growth that was the size of an orange um, in my thigh. Mm. And um, my right thigh. And uh, I told my girl, look, I'm going to beat it. You know, I stayed positive. People thought I was crazy. You know, no, I'm going to beat this. This is going to be, it's a minor bump in the road. And mm-hmm. you looked at it as an opponent. I told them, I'm looking at it as an opponent. It's a big, tough opponent, you know, and that's how you look at it. I'm going to face it down and beat it. I mean, you know, that's just how you how you fight something like that. And I want to know if that's kind attitude of how you, is everything. You yours. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you if you're not positive in a lot of things, and I go and I applied my sports mentality to that. You go into any contest thinking you're going to win. You never go in with doubt. You go in. I'm going to win. I'm going to beat. This. I'm going to. You know, we're going to defeat this. You know. Whether it's, you know, well, so I things, just wondered. Uh, so you know, we do a lot of um, visualization. So, mm-hmm. so the the sport, like like bike racing, it's it's ninety percent mental. I mean, it, it really is. It's ninety percent mental, and being able to shut out pain and distraction and focus on what the task is and what you need to do, and you need to shut out any self-doubt, any lingering self-doubt, because that, that's going to weaken you, and that's going to distract you. And the same thing comes to when you're, you're fighting pretty much anything in life. Yeah. And so, uh, so, so in 2004, I was um, an international, you know, I was internationally ranked, you know, cyclist and speed skater, and I was a coach, and I was, you know, one of the healthiest people I knew, and, you know, I was diagnosed with, with breast cancer, and I was just absolutely flabbergasted. I was flabbergasted that this could happen. And so I was – so anytime, you know, we as humans, you know, it, it's, it's like a loss when you go through something like that. And there's – Dr. Kubler-Ross has something called the five stages of grieving – and, oh yeah, and it's yep. anger, denial, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And yep. you kind of go through a lot of these, and then not necessarily in that order. And you can stay a long time in one of these stages, uh-huh. or you can, you know, mix them up. But anger, boy, I stayed in anger a long time. <laughs> I, I bet. But I, I bet. You know, I, I have to admit that I kind but, of. My first thought was, okay, you know, I went in and had an ultrasound on the, the my thigh, and I worked at William Beaumont Hospital here in Michigan for, at the time, in video production. And 
So I, I sat in on grand rounds and stuff. So I learned a little bit medically, and I thought, okay, that's not a normal cyst, you know, when they were talking mm-hmm. about it. And so my first thing was, okay, God, just let me be brave. I'm an example to my kids because two had already graduated and one was about to. So I was like, even though they're practically adult, all of them are adults, but they're young adults, I still got to serve it as, as an example. This is how you fight something. This is, you know, this is life and death. This is how you face like, adversity. Exactly. So it was like right mm-hmm. away, I was like, God, just let me be brave. You know, let me be brave. Yeah. Wow. So, um, you know, I, j- just my, my personal on this. Um, so not long b- before I was diagnosed, um, before I even, so I found my own tumor, you know, I, I, you know, it, it wasn't a mammogram. I was, I was still pretty young. And, um, so it was before I was supposed to get a mammogram. And, uh, basically at one point I had said, Lord, I give myself to you completely, you know, use me as your instrument. Well, then, oh, wow. you know. After I was after I was diagnosed, I was just so angry. I was so angry, and you know, I I was just like, I this is just ridiculous. Um, you know, I couldn't even talk to God at that point. I was like, I'm just angry. And then you know, after I had, so I went through chemo, and so, but I was just so determined that I was not going to let cancer my identity away. And my identity was I was a coach and I was an athlete. So two days after my second chemotherapy infusion, I won the state championships. Three days after my third chemo, chemotherapy, I captained a women's team time trial team to a gold medal. And then 18 days after my last chemotherapy, I was bald as a cue ball, hiding it under my helmet. Nobody knew except, you know, my, my team knew what I was going through and I won the national championships in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Wow. So uh, I, I, so I was like very, very, so I used my anger and I used, you know, it and the visualization. And so I visualized, you know, that I had muscle memory and that I, I could still do this even though I was fighting cancer at the time. But after I had surgery, I woke up one one day and I remembered having said that prayer, and I thought, I have a purpose. You know, this you can't just write God a blank check and not expect Him to cash it. So the next time right. I go, okay, no. <laughs> you know, I I had written a blank check, and that's when I basically said, you know, you know, if I could reach out and help just one person it would make my journey through cancer worth it. Wow. And so that's pretty much the spark that started Spokes of Hope. And so... Yes, I um, love that. So basically there's, there is magic that <clears throat> happens when, can, when cancer survivors get together. It's like magic because it, yeah. it's, it's kind of like war buddies because we've all been through... <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. the, the same, you know, we yeah. know that the, we know the fear, we know the anger, we know everything that flashes through your mind. You know the taste of the chemo. You know 
what they've gone through. And so when we get together, it's a celebration of like, (laughs) it's like you're like an immediate best friends because we're we're like family members because we are are war buddies. We've been through the same stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like when a Marine meets another Marine on the street, you know, your brothers for life. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I prefer the term, I I didn't like the term cancer survivors, because to me, it seemed like a victim. I preferred cancer battler. You know, that How about warrior? I'm nobody's victim. I'm a warrior or a battler. Yeah. Warrior, yeah. my, uh, My mom called back in. So I, I don't think she's done with you yet, Cindy. Oh. <laughs> okay. I, I I know that she's she's on a time limit, and we'll we'll pick up on this in just a second. I I, I know she's on a time limit. Hey, mom, she's probably got the girls. Hey, mom, I just I just called to listen. Oh, okay. I'll put you on mute. Okay. Well, no, I don't have to put you on mute. You you can talk if you want to. I can. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. To listen. <laughs> yeah, this has oh, been great. Open you, invitation. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. So, Cindy, I'm. I, I. Yeah. And then it turned out you had it a second time. Yeah. Uh-huh. So. Um. Yeah. So in 2008, um, almost exactly to the day that I was a, uh, um, diagnosed. I went in for my four-year exam, and my ner- my doctor was, like, feeling up under my arms, and basically uh, it had spread to the lymph nodes. So then it was, ah. like, same stuff, different day. <laughs> wow. I was like, okay, you know the drill. <laughs> wow. That, that, and you didn't give up. That, that's what's really cool. Like, most people, they're they're just like, you know what, I'm done, <laughs> you know. Life is stabbing me. I, I'm bleeding out now. You, you didn't. You, you got back up. No, because I have too much to live for and too much yet to do to reach out to people. I'm not. I'm not ready to give that up yet. So you know, I still have business to do, and you know that the things that were playing out were folding out in front of me. So, so actually, in 2000 and so I was diagnosed in 2004. In 2005, I was named head coach for um, Team USA for Special Olympics to go to Japan. So, wow. um, so uh, we were going to Nagano. That's like okay. And so that that just was a whole new world of things. That, you know, this was just a bump in the road. And, you know, just more experience to put under my belt to perhaps I can pay it forward to somebody in the future. Wow. Well, I, well, I mean, just at this time alone, you you know, you, you definitely know how to inspire people. So, I mean, <laughs> outside of coaching, have you ever done any motivational speaking at all? Oh, yeah, you should. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> A very inspirational and I, motivational. I have. And- I I, I've done some on invitational, you know, invitational motivational speaking. I just, I'm not a very good promoter. <laughs> oh, okay. I can talk. I just 
but thank you. No problem. Yeah, and in fact, um, one thing, um, talking about the Olympics, uh, Randy Hurt, speed skating. You oh, yes. you inspired him. I I love I love your speech with him. He you could tell he was so comfortable with you. And I love the fact that you turned around and you jingled the little gold medals on his neck, and he just kind of gave that all three smart. of them, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. And you you found him, and you told him to be a speed skater. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, he he was like um, skating around on hockey skates, and um, basically. Uh, so one of the things is I do a lot of inclusion. So when I coach, you know, I I uh, include my regular my regular athletes with my special athletes. And so coaching oh, nice. people with intellectual, yeah. So um, the way I see it, it's all of, if if you're if you follow Special Olympics and people with intellectual disabilities, you understand there's a big problem with the R word. Yeah. You may have heard about the R word. So I would like to change the R word to respect, which we should push that particular R word. And any human being, and that's all we really need to do for any human being, human to human, is is share respect. Um. Well, Cindy, if you don't mind, can, can I add an alternate solution for the R word as well? Certainly. Um, how about resilience? Oh, that's that one's good too. Yeah. So, you know, because I mean, you know, even though respect is great and everything else, uh, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, it's always uh, you know, it, it's it's the mental aspect that will help you know, push you to the next level. Right. So, so that's an idea. One of the, oh, absolutely, absolutely. I like it. Thank um, you. And, and resilience is right up there with determined. One of the things that I found all about determination in the long run. That's that's what it's about. Yes. But when I found so many people were being coached just to the level that the coach, you know, that, that, uh, so people with intellectual disabilities so many times are um, coddled and placated and, you know, it's like, oh, you poor little thing or treat, they treat them like children. And it's like, no, these aren't children. These are adults. They're adults with intellectual disabilities. We need to treat them like adults, not like children, and give them the respect of an athlete. And it was amazing when I would just, you know, I didn't say, let's let's see what you can do. I mean, it's like, you know, this is what you can do. I didn't do that. I said, okay, let's take it up a notch. And, you know, would continue to challenge them. And, you know, that was embraced, and they responded to it wonderfully. And that's how yeah. you know when we went to Japan. When we went to Japan, twenty-seven of my twenty-eight athletes brought home medals. Wow! Yeah. Wow! Well, that's impressive. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So it was it was an incredible experience. I, I bet it was. 
And in fact, I, my mom, one of her first jobs when we moved to South Carolina is she worked at Midland Center where, you know, they house the mentally challenged. And I got to know a lot of them, and I got to see them at a very early age. And honestly, I love them to death. They have the sweetest, it's a childlike innocence is the best way that I can explain it, is they have a childlike innocence and honesty about them. Absolutely. They exactly. don't judge you like like other people do. No, they don't. Exactly. And I, I don't know if you ever seen the uh, the movie Dead Ringer. Dead, Dead Ringer? The Ringer. No, the Ringer. The Ringer. Right. So actually, I first heard, I got to meet um, uh, no, I can't. <laughs> uh, Timothy Shriver. Um, so I got to meet Timothy Shriver and um, his, his mother, uh, who founded the Special Olympics. And when I went into his office, he, basically they had the ringer up there. And I thought, you know, when I saw the, the ringer initially advertised, I went, oh, my goodness, this is going to be terrible. This is going to be awful. It was wonderful. And, you know, it was. It's, it's not exact. And, yeah, you and know, the actors that was going to be, uh, you know, in the movie, The Ringer, they had a meeting with them and they said, okay, uh, Johnny Knoxville is going to be the lead. And they all applauded. Oh. They all applauded and they're like, oh, you guys aren't offended? They said, no, because he's cool. <laughs> and they're going to make us. He's going to make us look cool, so people won't pick on us at the playground anymore. I thought, oh my gosh, I, I cried because that was like a behind the scenes of the ringer on the DVD where they were talking about that. But yeah, yeah. they they loved the fact that Johnny Knoxville was going to be the ringer. Yeah, and they were the producers and everybody was so afraid that they would be upset that. Johnny Knoxville, but he did a really good job. I think he did a really good job, and I, I think uh, you know he he took special care of that character. I think, in my opinion. Well, I, 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 I mean, you, you know, I mean, you you have to admit, um, you know, I, I think it's just one of those things where, you know, when it comes to Johnny Knoxville, you know, he, he's always famous for going outside the box to begin with. I mean, that that's how, that's why Jackass made its popularity. So, you know, that doesn't surprise me to see him attempting something along this line. And yeah. it's just even cooler to know that, you know, that the community can you know, actually rally behind him like that. So, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. that, that, that definitely gives additional props. Yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoyed it, and I thought. Oh, go ahead, Cindy. Oh, hopefully it enlightened people to to understand, you know, what Special Olympics is more about. You know, it, um, it, and you know they got rid of some of the stereotypes because you know he was the character. The character was trying to exemplify the stereotypes and they were tearing down, you know, the, the show ended up tearing down a lot of the stereotypes and showed the humanity and, 
and the brightness and the the joy of life people have, you know, if given the opportunity. Yeah, and and that's the thing is we just have to... I loved it when he went back to his uncle. He goes, they're a really good athlete. I can't beat them. <laughs> Oh, these are not absolutely. typical athletes. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, when when I think of um, you know, I I absolutely I thought the, when I first seen the advertisement, I was like, oh no. But when I seen the movie, I I cried. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> it's a comedy. Why am I crying? And it's, it is because you know, it was a heartfelt movie. If nobody's seen it, go see it. Well, you know, I mean, you know, and you definitely got to give props to the writers for that part because that means that they did yeah. something right and somebody did their homework. That's true. Yeah. That's, well, I, I believe it was back. It was backed and endorsed. It was endorsed by Special Olympics, so I'm sure that they they made sure. I mean, in order to use their their name and the brand and and everything, you know, they had some say into making sure that it was uh, done well. Yeah, non-offensive, which is something that I really liked is the fact that it was so unoffensive. Oh, by the way, uh, I'm going to turn William and Tom in. They're they're messaging me on Facebook right now. What Tom is? Uh, yeah. Tom yeah, says we're, we're, you are most definitely awesome, and you're very <laughs> inspiring, and he wants you to come back. Yeah, well, we're, we're yep. just kind of enjoying the uh, the company and just enjoying the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, well, yeah. You? I mean, I mean you okay? we've been through shared experiences, so yeah, you're like a sister in arms when it comes to cancer and coaching, and oh, yeah. and on top of that, you're inspirational. So I'll be yeah. honest well, about thank it. You. You know? yep. yeah. And then, and of course, and, you know, you know, and and in my case. Uh, I wasn't in Special Olympics, but I did have to go to the uh, special ed program for most of my high school. So, uh, you know, I, I I I know that battle very well. <laughs> well, and, you know, um, it it, it again, know, uh, it's all about attitude. It's it's not only uh-huh. the attitude that we have on. It's it's dealing with the attitude of others. Yeah. You know, and so that's yep. that's the whole thing about, and that's. So one of the things that I, I try to tell people, um, so, with, so when I do get an opportunity to speak and when I get to speak to people who have not been affected by cancer um, in their lifetime, um, one of the things I try to do is, is coach them on how to deal with it when it does come into their lives. And so I tell them, you know, we don't want pity. We want our lives back. And so when you hear that a friend, when you, when you have a friend or a family member and you hear that they, they have cancer, you, the worst thing you can do is go, oh, I'm so sorry. Because when you say that to me, it's like you just closed the lid on my casket, didn't you? You just give me yeah. up for dead. Yeah. So, so what I tell people is, is you need to say, wow, that sucks. What are we going to do about it? Because one, it gets at, right out the off the bat. It, it acknowledges that it's in the room, and it truly sucks. 
And the next thing yeah. is, what what are we going to do about it? So one that's going forward, it's not giving up. What is the plan of attack? And what are we going to do about it? Meaning you are not alone. Wow. Unfortunately, I think yep. some some of that a lot of that's generational because a lot of people grew up in an era, and I'm old enough to remember when non-Hodgkin's lymphoma was one of the deadlier cancers. Thank God for advancements in technology and everything. So you know, some people, I'd say a little bit older than me because I'm 61, know that you know it's like basically a death sentence. You know, like you said, attitude and all that's everything. So it just kind of, I think it's some of their you know, their experience doesn't have to be now, ours, though. So. Now, 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 Cindy, there, I, there, I, 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 I'll go ahead. I'll, no, ladies go, first. No, go ahead. No, I, oh, I was, sure. one of the things uh, I had, so I was very open about mm-hmm. uh, my cancer diagnosis because, you know, for me, it was, it's like a thief. You can't just let a thief come and steal something from you and not point it out nope. and say, hey, I'm not going to let this thief in. And, you know, it, it, I, you have to recognize it and understand it because if that thief comes to your neighborhood, you want to know what that thief looks like. Yep. So, yeah. so wow. I, had, I had another coach come up to, I had another coach come up to me at one point because <clears throat> she pulled me aside and she goes, we have something in common. And I said, oh, yeah, we have kids out there. And they're like, no, no, no. I've been diagnosed with breast cancer. I'm like, oh, where are you being treated? And she went, somebody might hear you. And I was like, oh, my goodness. She's a, she doesn't want, want anybody staff? to know. Wow. Okay. Boy, that's she was afraid to even admit it and that somebody might hear her, that she had cancer. Wow. I'm like, you know what? It's not. Oh, oh so this was something. That's bad. So my daughter was nine years old. My daughter was nine years old when I was diagnosed. And, you know, I had to figure out how to tell her that I had cancer. Oh, my gosh. And time do we have left? Um, we're we going to be four minutes? minutes live, but we do get a uh, about a 20-minute after party. So we yeah. have about 30 minutes left. Okay, so, so we won't be um, live, but people that's going to listen to it maybe tomorrow, they'll hear all this. Okay. Well, basically, I, I, I tried to explain to her on a child's level, you know, what, what cancer is, and basically from the cell level and everything. And I explained it to her, and, you know, I said, you know, we have cells in our body um, that all have a job. And sometimes we have some cells in our body that decide that they're going to go off. They don't want to do their job anymore. They want to go and they want to pull other cells with them. And they make trouble in the body. And I have some cells in my body that have done that. And when this happens, oftentimes it's called cancer. So I have cancer and I'm going to have to take some medicine to kill these cells that are making trouble in my body. And I might lose my hair. I might be sick at my stomach. And I I said, and so this is going on. Do you have any questions? And she looked at me and she looked at my mom and she looked at my husband. And she goes, yeah. Can I go outside and jump on the trampoline now? (laughs) And we (laughs) (laughs) we sighed with this. 
Well, then she went outside and jumped, and then I, later on I realized she had to process everything that I had just told her. So oh. then she came back in. She came back in and she said, Mom, can I catch cancer from you? And I said, no. Cancer's not contagious. She goes, well, there's this little girl who's on my bus, and she doesn't have any hair, and nobody will sit with her, and nobody will play with her. And I said, I said, Madison, you go and sit next to her, and you tell her that your mom has cancer and see what happens. So the Aww. next day, she, she went to school. She came running home, and she goes, Mom, Mom, you were right. She's got brain cancer. And Aww. she and this little girl became, they became best friends. And so wow. when we started Spokes of Hope, we have a slogan, and the slogan is, cancer's not contagious, but hope can be. Spread, spread the hope. So that's our, our, our logo, or our catchphrase. You, you know what? You, honestly, you, you were talking about that and how you described cancer to your daughter. Have you ever thought about maybe writing a children's book about that? Honestly, because that um, would be like, because there's a lot of kids out there where their parents do have cancer. The way you explained oh, it, I think that would mm-hmm. be an amazing children's book to explain. <laughs> yeah, that that's true. Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. you know, spe- speaking of uh, books, um, you know, I, I'd love to hear more about Determined. Um you know, it, where 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 can I get an autographed copy? Because I'd like to put it on my Christmas list. <laughs> well, um, I, basically, uh, just you would contact me. Um, so actually, uh, go through spokesofhope.org, and we've okay. got a, a so it's spokesofhope.org, and there's a link to um, books by um, authors with uh, who've, who've had cancer. And my book is one of those. Oh wow! Okay. Cool. Sounds like a plan. And, and so, yep. And basically, I'll, I'll <coughs> get you a, an autograph, an autograph copy. Sweet. So, yep. yeah, I, I'm, I'm putting it on my Christmas list as we speak because I'm, <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm such a, a yeah, yes. I'm, I'm, I'll admit I'm such a bibliophile. I have. An arrangement with my wife. I'm not to buy any books the month of December, and it's hard. It's the withdrawal that always kills me. (laughs) (laughs) What would you say your toughest, just to give you an example, my toughest thing when I had the cancer was was from the drug. I was weak and tired. I just, I did not have any strength whatsoever. In fact, I had to stop working out because the muscle contraction, I got a blood clot. The worst thing I got was a blood clot. One half of my side of my face looked like King Kong Bundy, the wrestler. The other half of me looked like normal. But other than that, hmm. I, was just, I was weak and tired. What was the worst aspect for you or yours? Um, a prob- well, I had a double mastectomy. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, probably the surgery. Um, so, okay. yeah, the, the the chemotherapy wore me down um, at, You know, with my blood count getting really low. I'm sorry? I should have specified after the surgery. I'm sorry. Because that would be the major part. Oh, the pain after surgery. Yeah. 
would probably be the the hardest part um, um, because it was hard to move my arms. But uh, probably a couple of weeks after my surgery, my husband set up my bike on a trainer so I could um, get up and, and ride no handed, um, you know, on, on my bike so I could, you know, stay in shape. Um, but it, it took um, uh, six weeks before I could get on the bike again, and I I got on the back of a tandem and rode um it's called the Hilly Hundred uh, with a friend, and it was that was kind of like my reintroduce reintroduction to to getting back on the bike. Well, so it was just once again it was like very liberating to be back on the bike back back in the saddle again. Wow, man, well, you're like I mean, that, that's good. That's the way to do it. I mean, you know, you know, you, you got to decide what's you know, what's going to hold you back and what is setting you back. And the answer is nothing. Yeah. It's all mental. Yeah, ninety percent. Yeah, when yep. I used to hang out with my brothers and they acted stupid, I would always say, "That's my blood." I can look at you probably and say that's that's my blood, you know, because we got the same blood running through our bodies. I think. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, got, I gotta the tell text. you. I gotta <laughs> tell you, this is the most talkative that Tom's really. I, I'm really Tom. I'm, I'm really impressed of what you did. You you can know, tell well. when Tom's a fan. Tom's already a fan. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and well, on top of and, yeah. on top of that, he's actually opened up more instead of talking to the dog and putting the dog out. Uh, yeah, sleeping Tom, right now. Of course, he's being good. You know, he always has Tom, to walk honestly, at a time, time of night. Tom, honestly, I did not know that you suffered from cancer. You never, you never told me that. So, well, I mean, it, I, it was 2007, so it was kind of a while back. But it was just, I didn't, you know, it was funny because I was, I actually finished my book Shadows in the Dark during that time because I was off work seven months, and wow. I read like a dozen books and finished writing my own novel. So it was, I had a lot of downtime. I mean, it yeah. couldn't work yeah. out, really, because, like I said, my muscles constricted and it developed blood clots, which I had to be rushed. I had a cough that I developed, and I had to go in. And so you I was had in pulmonary the embolism. And yeah. I had a, yeah, in my jugular, so. And uh, it just kind of was in my jugular, and I was already there. I came back from the bathroom. I go, this don't look normal to the nurse. They had blood thinners in me within 10 minutes. You know, they misdiagnosed me on my infection I had, and. You know, I told my wife, I go, you know, it's a good thing we did, did misdiagnose it because I was already at the hospital. They could give me the the uh, blood thinners within a few minutes after seeing it. One half of me, like I said, looked like King Kong Bundy, and the other half looked normal, you know. Wow. I had to warn everybody, before you come to see me, I don't look right, you know. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I, uh, Cindy, you, you, you brought little Tom out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, more I'm more than you know, so, that's great. Yeah, I, 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 said... I definitely agree with uh, Tom. We are. I don't want us to. I don't want you to be cut off on mid sentence. Um, we are going to be cut off really soon here. Um, tell everybody where they can find you. 
And yes, if you if we did not scare you away, we would love to rebook you. <laughs> so, um, spokes of Talk hope. Cancer, Sheena scared of us. Oh, go ahead. Susie. I'm sorry. Uh, hold on. What did you say, Tom? I said she she battled cancer. She ain't afraid of us. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, Tom. Uh, we so didn't scare you away. Oh no. Okay, Cindy, tell us where we can everybody can find you because I know this show is going to get a lot of listeners. By the way, we are in the top five of the live listeners, and there's like 273 pages and 12 shows listed on each page. We are in the top five, so we've already wow. got a lot well, of listeners. Congratulations. No, cause it's it's you. It's it's you. People are tuning in and listening to you. <laughs> I'm just so a where maker. where would where would they find you? Uh, uh, Spokesofhope.org. And and oh, you cool. do have a face. Uh, you do have a Facebook page. I do. And she runs it herself. So if you message Cindy, you're going to talk to her, not not an administrator. Um, that is well, Cindy, C-I-N-D-I-H-A-R-T. But, yes, please go for uh, Spokes for Hopes. Spokes of Hope. Spokes of Hope. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm ready to work. Yeah, I'm already one step ahead of you and already sent a message. <laughs> <laughs> I will do it soon, too. All right. Well, all right. well you, it's you very got, nice to you meet got, you. You, you definitely likewise. have two fans. And yeah. by the way, the Hip Eponymous for Christmas, did you like that song? It reminds me of my my sister-in-law. That's, she's crazy for hippos. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I, I, see, I when when... I've always loved that song, and I was like, okay, we're going into the Christmas season. I want to start playing, you know, Christmas music as a starting music, and I'm like, okay, Cindy's going to be a guest. Oh, my gosh, I want to have a party for Christmas because, you know, it, I, I think it's a great song, and I, I thought it would fit you for the show because, you know, it's kind of like the innocence. Not, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Well, Brad tells me this way, like a hippopotamus for Christmas. So, so I'll tell you this much, Francie. You're going to make my Cindy happy in the morning when she listens to the rebroadcast because that's her favorite Christmas song. It's one of my favorites, too. In fact, uh, for church, I wanted Michaela. She was so cute. That's my niece, the one that my mom's uh, picking up, and now she's like 21, I think. But uh, when I first heard it, my niece was, like, eight. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I would love to do, like, this little Christmas show and have Michaela lip-syncing it and my brother dressed up like a hippo and, you know, her prancing around. I I, kind of thought of you with that also. (laughs) So that's why I chose that. At least I didn't do Merry Christmas from the family, you know. <laughs> okay, no problem. There you go. Yeah. We'll we'll play that one next week when we got our next. Oh, not the dogs barking jingle bells. 
Oh, my gosh, I totally forgot those ones. Oh, we need to do the dogs barking jingle bells, too. Yeah, and some maybe some Bob Rivers, because, uh, you know, come on, some of us have a twisted sense of humor. The first day of Christmas is such a pain to me. Finding a Christmas tree. Oh, I am singing, Cindy. You said I'm not going to sing tonight. The second thing is Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) And that was talking stuck in your head, see? (laughs) Second thing is Christmas is such a pain to me. I forgot what the second thing is. I'm beginning to drink a lot of I got it. I got it. Yeah. Wearing your clothes, her tight underwear, walking around in women's walking around underwear. Walking around in women's underwear, yep. yep. Later on, if you want to, we can dress like Madonna. <laughs> 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 have you heard those ones, Cindy? I can't say that I have. <laughs> Look up yeah. Bob Rivers' oh. Twisted Christmas. <laughs> It is great. It is so great how they just totally warped Christmas for everybody. The 12 things of Christmas. Oh, and then there's also God There's something stuck up in the chimney, and I don't know what it is, but it's been (laughs) there all night long. (laughs) I love that song. Or, or my personal favorite, didn't I get this last year? Just <laughs> <laughs> trying to act surprised, Uncle Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's just our normal reading. Cindy, you, you, you got to check it out. They're absolutely, they're hilarious, but they're tastefully done funny. <laughs> Later on, funny. if you want to. Oh wait, there's a guy. There's 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 a in the office. There's a guy named Melvin. He pretends yep. that I am Murphy Brown. He'll say, "Are you ready?" We'll say, "Whoa, man!" Whoa, man! The the out of wife town. is out of town. <laughs> Later on, if you wanna, we can dress like Don. How did the hippopotamus for Christmas get into dr- walking around in women's underwear? Well, how about I don't know, but singing, the comedian singing uh, the Twelve Drinks of Christmas. You know, it's yeah, just by the time she gets, you know, four rural rulers, you know. <laughs> I, I never heard the Twelve Drinks of Christmas. Yeah, we're a little twisted here, Cindy. This is, yeah. you know, this is the after. Lots of us rebelling no. against Christmas music the day after Halloween. Shouldn't be played till after Thanksgiving. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, you know, it's almost like the, the famous one, which is the Canadian Christmas, where it's on the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a beer. <laughs> oh, I have heard that one. Yeah. <laughs> Cindy, what is your favorite Christmas song? Please don't say Mariah Carey's. All I want for I I don't know. I don't know that I have a favorite Christmas song. Uh, my my for a serious Christmas song, I would have to say Frank Sinatra's "I'll Be Home for Christmas." Yeah, that's a good one. Good that choice. is a good one. I know, because I come on, I'm related to Cindy. I got good taste. 
I've always like been very chestnuts. Oh, there you go. Next roasting next on an open fire. That's a good one. Oh my gosh. Yep. Next Christmas King song. Matt King Cole is, he's a man. I've always been partial towards Nina Simone with the little drummer boy. That, uh, me and my younger brother, Scotty, man, we loved the little drummer boy cartoon. Like, we had to watch it all the time. That was the one cartoon that me and my younger brother would always watch was the little drummer boy. Come, they told me, pa, rum, pa, pum, pum. I mean, yeah, it's a shame they don't play it too much these days anymore because, uh, I mean, that's, that's, you know, I mean, Rankin Bass always did a great job on the animation, even with the clay, the claymate like that and such. Yeah, Nick loves, Nick, are you still there? Nick Nick? Doodle. Nickerdoodle. Nick, say, <clears throat> let me go find him. Because he has not said hi to you. He's been quiet the whole time. Do you want, do you want to meet my fiance, Cindy? Uh, I could, but um, I'm actually going to have to go because we've been driving all day and it's after midnight yeah. here. <laughs> okay, we'll, oh, we'll let you go. Yeah, most okay. definitely. All right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Well, and Stephanie, welcome to Florida like again, Cindy. Yep, you are. I'm, I'm sorry? It's great having you here. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we, we, right. we would it was like very to, nice to meet you. you we would like to book you. We'll, we'll talk about that if you want to come back. You don't have to say yay or nay over the air. Okay. But we would <laughs> like to book you. All right. <laughs> All right. Good night. All right, thank and, you so much. All right. And you're going to Disney. You're going to Disney World, right? <laughs> I am reliving my yeah, childhood. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> We've well, right. been to right now. Right. Yeah, yeah. Good, the, you should have seen the traffic. All right. Thank you All so right. much. All righty. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye bye. 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 She's awesome. Heavenly cold. I told you guys would love her. Told you guys would love her. Well, she's oh, not yeah. kidding on the traffic, so, uh, I mean, you know, what, what, once again, she picked the perfect title for her uh, t- for her book being Determination because it takes a lot of patience to sit there to wait to get into the park, especially at this time of year. So, <laughs> pass off to her for that part. <laughs> All right, what do we want for Christmas? We want a hippopotamus for Christmas. I want a hippopotamus for Christmas Only a hippopotamus will do Don't want a dog, no dinky tinker toy I want a hippopotamus to play with and enjoy I want a hippopotamus for Christmas
Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.